Welcome to this week's edition of the Pete Mazzetti Show. I'm Pete Mazzetti, sitting here with Betsy Garra, who is the executive, the executive director of Cost. Betsy, welcome. How are you? Oh, I'm great. Thanks, Pete, for having me Thanks today. Thanks for coming down. Long time no see. What's new with Cost? Well, Cost is always very busy. You know, we're paying a lot of attention to the upcoming elections on yeah. November 8th. Right. And hoping that people get out and make sure that they vote. Mm -hmm. And then we're also in the process of developing our 2023 legislative agenda. Okay. So the legislative session kicks off on January 4th. Right. And it's going to be a long session, and there are certainly a lot of challenges facing municipalities. So we're oh, absolutely. trying to make sure that we address those issues and address the issues facing small towns. Absolutely. And what are some of the issues facing small towns? Well, the, the Council of Small Towns, as you know, yeah. um, is the only advocacy organization that exclusively represents the interests of small towns at the state capital and before state agencies. Right. So there are a ton of issues that affect municipalities. We try to focus on those issues that are of particular importance to small towns. So this year, um, there are certainly a lot of issues with respect to municipal funding, state aid to municipalities, and right. making sure that that, pro, uh, that the state continues to provide predictable, reliable revenue streams to towns mm -hmm. so that they don't have to rely on property tax increases. Right. And that's always a balance. So at, at this point, there has been a lot of federal funding coming down to Connecticut, either under the uh, American Rescue Act plan, right. the bipartisan infrastructure law. Uh, so the good news is that there is a lot of infrastructure investment occurring. And uh, we're just hopeful that the inflation doesn't end up increasing construction costs to the point that projects have to be put on hold because of that. Right. Um, there are also a lot of issues involving the environment, uh, particularly when you look down at some of these coastal towns in this area. Mm -hmm. Climate resiliency is a big issue and, and assisting towns and making sure that they're prepared to address some of those issues with increased flooding um, and rising sea level scenarios that are impacting some of the infrastructure in the area. Okay. In addition, um, there's always issues with regard to solid waste management. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> right? uh, I don't, we don't like to talk trash a lot, but it is <laughs> but a big challenge. So absolutely. Since we last spoke, the uh, Materials Innovation and Recycling Authority, known as MIRA, yeah. in Hartford that handled a lot of the waste for um, area towns has closed. Right. And so now they're shipping that waste out of state. Okay. And towns are struggling trying to figure out, okay, now what do we do? Right. So in addition to trying to reduce the amount of waste that they end up having to, to be responsible for by encouraging greater recycling, right. um, looking at um, organics collection and glass-only recycling, they're also concerned about the fact that shipping waste out of state is really not the best environmentally sound way of addressing solid waste issues. Mm -hmm. So they're looking at things like extended producer responsibility. So, okay. you know, right now, if you buy a mattress or a can of paint, right. there's a fee tacked on that ensures that the uh, producers that uh, of the mattresses and the paint take those hard to handle right. items back. So if you buy a can of paint, you could take it down to Ace Hardware or some right. other hardware store and they will um, recycle, recycle it. it for you. Right. 
uh, they're looking to extend that type of program to other hard to handle items such as tires, smoke detectors, and things of that nature. So there's a lot of focus on it. It's um, not a terribly sexy issue up in no, the state capitol. Of course but it's, not. But it's certainly of, in, of importance to municipalities because what they're now seeing is that the costs for dealing with solid waste are going up and up. Mm -hmm. They used to actually get generate revenue through recyclables because okay. they were able to um, sell those on the market, and okay. that's just not happening anymore. No, of course not. So that's certainly a big issue. Uh, making sure that there are no significant impacts on property tax or the ability to collect property taxes right. is important. So everybody complains about property taxes, but unfortunately the state often tries to mandate certain exemptions from the property tax. Mm -hmm. So currently, for example, state-owned property, hospitals, private colleges and universities are exempt from the state proper from the local property taxes. Right. They try to extend that every every year by adopting new exemptions. Um, for example, for manufacturing was one that was enacted several years ago. And that puts more pressure on a lot of us uh, in towns to pay property taxes because the exemptions are just piling up. Right. So that's always an issue. Um, in addition, we're seeing some issues relative to the cost of providing ambulance services okay. and other emergency management services. So that we're looking at increasing the reimbursement rate from the state for those services mm -hmm. because towns are, are just finding it's becoming cost prohibitive oh absolutely absolutely now how did you guys do legislative session wise we did well legislatively um, in the last session okay. uh, it was a very short session right yeah because of covid there were still limitations on actually being able to go into the state capitol ah. so all of the public hearings were held by zoom mm, oh, and fun. The third floor of the state capitol was closed throughout the session. Okay. And there was limited availability in the legislative office building and in the other floors of the state capitol. Yeah. So the challenge was that it made it really difficult to discuss issues with legislators. Right. And some of these issues are very complex. And so you really need to sit down and talk to them in detail about the issues you need to bring in first selectmen, mayors, and town managers mm -hmm. to talk to legislators about how these issues are going to inf impact their residents. And that just wasn't happening. So we no. did have some Zoom calls with legislators, and that was helpful, but it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing as sitting across the table and having a meaningful conversation about some of the issues that are affecting residents and towns. No. Uh, fortunately, COST has a very good relationship with legislators, and our members have great relationships with their legislative delegations. So we were able to call on them and make sure that our voice was heard. Uh, but you know, again, it was it was a challenge. So right. we're hopeful that this year things will be opened up more at the Capitol. We'll be able to do more in-person meetings and communicate on those on those big issues. Absolutely. Now, how many towns, there's 169 towns in the state of Connecticut. How many members does COST have? We have about 118 towns at this point. We're All right. We're getting some of the renewals in. All right. But 
it's a very strong group. They are very active when we issue legislative alerts or calls to action. Right. They respond, and that and that's important because it's they need to hear from their their municipal leaders about the issues of importance to their communities. Right. Now, as far as you 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 might or might not know this because Pete Mazzetti and the show back in the summer celebrated episode number 500 wow congratulations with, thank you with valley shore community television and my 500th guest i did an hour segment and i and i got very limited words in edgewise <laughs> because i had carl fortuna on with me and joe delong so all, all i had to do was sit back and <laughs> just watch watch that watch the hour watch the hour fill in well, Carl Fortuna is very active as a municipal leader. Absolutely. He serves on cost board of directors. Absolutely. He's also active on a number of working groups. Mm -hmm. um, for example, looking at the trash to energy issue and, yeah. and what the transition will be now that Mira has been closed. He's also been active on an issue regarding how solar installations, commercial solar installations, are taxed uh, on the local level. Um, as well as some other issues. So he's been a tremendous resource. Yeah. And of course, we work with Joe DeLong oh, and absolutely. CCM on a number of issues as well. Yeah, Joe's a good, they're both good guys. They're both very infor informative and very worthwhile, I'm sure, informational for you guys to have. Right, know, exactly. So now, what, do, what do we think is going to happen with the upcoming legislative session this year? Well, we're gonna have a lot of new legislators. Yes. So the election on November 8th, mm -hmm. I think there are dozens of new legislators that are expected to be elected. Right. So on the opening day, they're sworn in, yep. and the governor will give He'll his speak. state of the state address. Yes. The budget address doesn't come until February, right. typically. Right. And that's when we get um, the big news about how the state budget may impact municipal aid. Exactly. So it's going to be, it's always a transition. So when you have a number of new legislators, you've had a number of retirements, there's going to be new leaders in right. place. There will be new committee chairs. Mm -hmm. And so part of it is just making sure that they understand our issues, that they yeah. understand where, where to contact us and that we can be a resource to them if they have a question about how a particular bill may impact one of their small towns right we're there to let them know how that that may impact us so uh it, it will be a challenge we're in the process of issuing our legislative survey for 2023 okay. to identify some of the priorities that our members are trying to address and i it uh, and are, we're also having a, a legislative planning meeting later in November to talk about some of those issues. So it, it's going to be a, a very um, active session. Yeah. Uh, it does not adjourn until June. Uh, it's and a long so session. there's a lot of time, a lot of time to discuss those issues. So again, I think you know people are still dealing with how to address some of the COVID related issues. There was a prohibition, for example, on schools using distance learning. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something that, while we certainly can understand why distance learning may not be appropriate in some contexts, 
there are smaller school districts that are looking at expanding the availability of their um, advanced placement courses, their foreign language courses. Right. They don't have enough students to do that in their within their own school system, right. even in a regional school district. Right. And so what they'd like to partner with some other communities to make sure that their students have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. And that would probably be best done through distance learning. So we're trying to look at some of those issues. Um, in addition, public safety continues to be a huge issue. There was has been a lot of concerns raised regarding juvenile theft uh, and crime. And although the legislature did take steps to address that last session, there may be efforts to revisit that issue and see what more can be done. Now, as far as the, you said there's going to be fresh faces in with the incoming class of 2023 as far as because there's obviously legislators retiring and not running again I have one of my favorites that is not running again is Senator Paul Formica oh yeah he he will be missed oh he 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 definitely will be missed yeah I mean as a former first selectman as somebody that's been active on a number of boards and commissions oh yeah he really brought that expert expertise and experience yeah. to bear in his role as a state senator and right. we relied on him very very heavily to Absolutely. address a lot of issues facing small towns for example on resident state trooper issues he's okay. been particularly helpful uh, and also as the ranking member on the appropriations committee That's right. That's so right. it, it will be a big loss uh, for for everyone so right. Absolutely. And, and as far as you know, as well as I do, that especially w- watching what's going on with the elections, especially locally in Connecticut, it's a very interesting political political season this year. It is an to interesting political season. <laughs> I'm always surprised when I read that the voter turnout in a gubernatorial and state legislative election is much lower than when a the a presidential election because right. when you think about it the governor and the state legislature mm-hmm. adopt a number of bills that have an impact on every your everyday life right. so whether it's the amount of taxes that you pay on sales tax income tax or how much you pay for your dog license yeah, even. No uh, it's impacted by the state legislature, and people don't seem to understand that. And I, I hope that they pay attention. It's very important. We have a lot of great people running for re-election. We have new people in the mix. Yep. Um, I'm hopeful that people uh, address these issues in a civil and productive manner because I think there is a lot of concern that the social media uh, has really fostered this um, negativity in politics and public policy and it's unfortunate because I think it's a turnoff for people that are are really sincere about trying to help their community help their state Um, and I think we need to do better absolutely absolutely and how do you think what they can do better well, I think first of all it, it's just making sure that people understand the need to be civil when they're they're discussing things whether it's on Twitter or Facebook or right. LinkedIn yeah. uh, you know have some respect for the other people's uh, opinion and make sure that 
you address people in a civil, respectful manner. It, it's all about respect and somehow making sure that you're addressing the issues and not the, the not right. personal attacks exactly. on people. And I think a lot of people get that, a lot of legislators get that, a lot of people in the public, but they seem to be shouted down by people on social media that right. focus almost exclusively on criticizing others. Right. Like, like people say, social media can be used for good, but it also can be used for bad. Right. And unfortunately, a lot of the debate on the issues happens in those social media oh, absolutely. arenas. So, absolutely. Um, what are some issues, speaking of issues, what are some issues that Cost wants to see in the upcoming legislative session? What are some issues that you hope that they bring up to? Well, first and foremost, it's always making sure that municipalities have a predictable revenue stream. Mm -hmm. So there's been a lot of discussion about municipal aid and really what, how much of that aid should be going to smaller towns that many consider wealthier communities as opposed to some of the larger urban districts. And it's always a balance. Right. And I think it's important that, that lawmakers understand that the needs of the small towns are also tremendous in terms of positioning them to provide education, public safety, public health, and um, other local services to their residents. Right. The property tax bears an unfortunate burden, tremendous right. burden, in terms of funding those, the delivery of those programs. Mm -hmm. And so if you look at most of the, the small town budgets, education comprises upwards of 65%, sometimes over 85% of the local budget. Right. And yet the local districts and the local municipalities have very little control over the cost of education. And that's because of a state mandate called the minimum budget requirement. Okay. Towns are prohibited from reducing the, the amount that they spend on education from the prior year unless they can demonstrate certain savings. So it's become a really a difficult burden. Um, we're hopeful that there's more flexibility. The state has adopted legislation to provide a little more flexibility. Mm -hmm. So if a town, for example, has negotiated some savings in healthcare costs, they can reduce their budget. But it's always a battle, and right. I don't know why that is. I don't know why towns shouldn't be able to reduce costs, um, particularly towns that aren't receiving much in the way of education aid. Right. So education is going to be a huge issue. Towns are continuing to deal with the opioid crisis, yeah. and that is a tragedy that is striking all of our communities, small, wealthy, large, um, poor, mm -hmm. and it's just tragic. And so yeah. every year there are bills presented that will try to enhance and strengthen efforts to address that. I think we'll see that again. Part of that is also addressing mental health. and right. so. This is probably in the last few years where we've been active in support of issues to address mental health of children and mm -hmm. adults and make sure that we're providing them with their res the resources that they need to ad address these concerns. Um, and a lot of that, because the, the municipality is the, in the position to respond to the needs of those people, they have to be a resource to their residents. Right. And so we, we need to make sure that our 
local health directors or regional health directors have the tools that they need. Unfortunately, the funding for local health districts has been cut way back, yes. and they're dealing with a ton of issues. Right. So, and what 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 amazes me, especially the town I live in. Some towns have the first selectman form of government. Mm -hmm. Some towns have the town manager form of government. Where I am, we have a town manager form of government. And someone, I was talking to the chairman, we also have a town council. So I was talking to the chairman of the town council the other day, and he was like, if anything needs to be said in the town, of, in the town, I'm like, wrong, correct. He's like, the town manager doesn't address the media or address the public. He's like, that's the job of the town chairman of the town council. For all the years that I remember, because my mom was actually on the board of selectmen in the town that I live in, and they changed over to a town council form of government. And I'd have to say one of the weirdest things getting used to was they no, they no longer have a board of finance. So they had the town council set the mill rate when the budget was passed. It's oh, like, well, that's interesting. That's, yeah, you do see some change. There are yeah. some smaller communities that are moving f to the town manager, former government. Mm -hmm. Clinton recently did. Um, that's the town I live in. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There you go. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that speaks to the fact that it is a very complex yeah, operation. Absolutely. To oversee a small town, it used to be much simpler. We used to have a lot of first selectmen that were not only the first selectmen, they were the public works director, they were the emergency management director. They wore a lot of hats, they enjoyed it, but it's just become like everything, increasingly complex. Right. And so it's hard to get a first selectman in there and elected that has the background needed to be able to oversee local operations. Absolutely. It's a real challenge. So I can understand why some towns are moving to a more formal town manager form of government. Um, others continue to embrace the first selectman exactly. uh, form. And it, you know we have a great mix. A town meeting form of government is fairly unique to New oh, England. Absolutely. absolutely. And it is interesting mm -hmm. to go to those town meetings and and hear some of the debate and the issues that are addressed. Oh, trust me, I, I totally understand because my mom was actually, before she retired, she was tax collector in Guilford. She was also on the board of selectmen in Clinton. And there have been many a times where she would have to go to a board of selectmen meeting to present, to a, present her budget in front of the board of selectmen, the board of finance, and the only people in the room were me and the new hit and the newspaper reporter. The rest of the room was empty and the rest of everybody else was on the board of selectmen, board of finance, or a department head or a department head from the town who were, were there presenting their budget that night. It's like this is the way things are run now? There's nobody here. There's nobody here. <laughs> well, people are paying attention. I mean so a lot of towns have moved to remote meetings or yeah. hybrid meetings mm -hmm. to allow people to participate remotely. Mm -hmm. I think that has been helpful to a certain extent in getting people engaged. So that's uh, a positive thing. And you know, people are hopefully going to turn out at the polls and Absolutely. vote for their uh, gubernatorial 
gubernatorial candidate, mm -hmm. congressional candidates, and state lawmakers. Right. And hopefully they'll they'll need to volunteer. One of the issues that towns are facing is that a lot of these boards and commissions they rely on volunteers to staff them, oh, yeah. and towns rely on volunteers to work at the agricultural fairs or other fairs mm -hmm. to coach little league and soccer and and it's a tremendous benefit to our communities but it's also a struggle to try to get people engaged and willing to serve on these boards and commissions but it's important to the day-to-day -day operation of the co the community right so we've got a little bit more time left what else you, what else we want to talk about well we could <laughs> always talk about um, some of the other issues sure. that are expected to come up at the state capitol right. um, certainly transportation is a big issue mm -hmm. i know that there is a focus on trying to expand some rail service okay. particularly uh, in the shoreline area so okay. extending that through rhode island i know that there is a study that um, is being conducted relative to that right and so we will be uh, focused on that particular issue um, there are some other issues with respect to energy and technology. Yep. There's always a big uh, effort to address some of the uh, storm response issues, making sure that our electric providers are well positioned oh, to yeah. get us back up and running when Just there in case is there's an issue. any outages, right? Uh -huh. And there's also a big push on renewable energy and right. moving more to the electri electric vehicles. Right and developing more charging stations and things like that so a lot a lot in play okay. um, so it'll be interesting to see what which ones move forward um, it always determine we always look at what the governor has set as his priorities and then what the, le the legislature and the various caucuses yep. identify as their priorities and if people want more information on cost where can they go they should go to cost web website ctcost.org okay. we have a economic development conference coming up on november 17th oh, cool. um, in plantsville connecticut at the aquaturf right. it's almost sold out at this point oh, but we have go. a lot of great uh, panelists talking about ways that towns can spur economic development in their area. Cool. Betsy Garvin Cost, thanks for some time and we'll see you again soon. All right. Thanks, All right. Pete. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No problem. On behalf of Betsy Gar, I'm Pete Mazzetti. Thanks. Good night. We'll see you next week.